Welcome back, y'all. This is Aisha from Pod Clubhouse. And this is Kat from Shuffle Online. And we are back to discuss Netflix's Never Have I Ever, episodes five and six. So, Kat, after watching these two episodes, it struck me that we should kind of delve a little bit more into the five main characters of the show. Let's start with Fabiola. What do you think? Do you think she actually was going to come out to her family? I was hoping she would just because it would be very bold and it would just be cool for a character. So it wish like she's made up her mind and I was going to do this big thing. But ultimately she, she did not. That kind of bummed me out a little bit, but I don't, I don't have experience, you know, coming out. Um, so I am sure it's very difficult and right? it's not easy to just be like, I'm going to go do this. So in that sense, I think it's probably more true to what people have to go through in uh, having to try to come out several times, you know, like and not being able to do it. And then finally, maybe being able to kind of tell someone. So yeah, what did you think about that? No. Did you think she was going to come out? I mean, she's 16 and, you know, it's a huge deal for a teenager, especially somebody who is so high with her academics and things like that. The one thing she's probably would think that would quote unquote disappoint her parents over. And so I kind of figured she was going to chicken out. Not that it's a bad thing. It just probably, even though she'd gathered them all together, she had her brother there, you know, and everything. And I thought, well, that would be really, really cool if she could just say it. Because she said it on our last episode. She said it to a robot. And I thought, okay, so she's ready. But not so much. So it was kind of funny how she just was like, well, I'm going to switch to AP whatever, you know, instead of AP Latin instead of <laughs> French. Yes. So, and they still freaked out, which which does not bode well for old Fabiola and her parents. <laughs> yeah, that was not a good reaction. But though her dad was very sympathetic, so I think that that right. is telling about how it might play out if she does try to reveal this later on. Exactly. And she's kind of wistful looking at Eve and thinking about like what could be and that kind of thing. So I think, you know, this will be a really interesting way that how it's going to play out. And yeah, I agree with you. The dad might be her sympathetic ear and she might be the one that uh, he might be the one that she's going to have to really kind of tap into. So I thought that was very cool, but it's very neat to see the whole way that teens approach it, especially the fact that she's not actually talking to her friends about it. She didn't come out to Eleanor or Davy, and she's doing it all on her own so that's gonna be kind of hard yeah we're on episode five now right. five and six and these episodes also showed how these three friends are together yet they're apart in some ways and they go through their own journeys and they let themselves do that too. Yeah, and I think I get you. that's really cool to see because I think when you're younger, especially when I was younger, you relied on your friends a lot. And while that is a good thing, I think sometimes you can also hide behind them. So the fact that these girls are doing their thing on their own and then coming together collectively is pretty awesome to see. And I'm happy that young girls have that depiction on screen now because we didn't have that <laughs> right so they're, they're not always like relying on their friends for everything and that they can be self-reliant and do what they got to do you know that's awesome to see too you're right i guess so then her relationship unfolds and we can move into eleanor because she's the one that she actually comes out to of the three the three oh the three oh <laughs> <trio, laughs> of the 
trio. She comes out to Eleanor first and she says, hey, you know, I'm gay. And she just says it. And Eleanor's like, oh, oh, my God, that's amazing. That's awesome. You know, this is great for my brand business, which is hilarious. It's so yeah. funny. So that leads us into Eleanor and makes me realize that Eleanor, as dramatic as she is, because she's the theater person, right? She's got a lot of deep pain that she's harboring because her mother in essence really abandoned her as a young girl yeah Eleanor was one of those characters that she seemed kind of just a quirky side friend that wasn't going to get a lot of screen time or just kind of be that token best friend Mm -hmm. so I really enjoyed getting to know her a little bit more because at this point I I wasn't really feeling much for her in the sense of besides her being um, a supporting piece to Debbie so this whole mom thing that she has with, you know, her her mom leaving her to go um, be an actress um, and follow her dreams. On a cruise uh, ship. Yeah, on a cruise ship. That was deep stuff. And it was interesting the way it played out. I don't know how you felt about that whole um, reveal. For me, it seemed like she was about, what, like six or seven years old when her mom just decides, I'm going to go follow my dreams and you're cool right and just walks out i mean really for a small young girl that is that's really like abandonment at that point even though her mom and i'm all for a mother finding herself and wanting to like fulfill dreams and things like that but actually leaving her child for years and years and years and not having a mother to raise her that really was like abandonment and i feel like eleanor was like you said the surface character But really, she's got all this, she's got this backstory now that we're all getting. And I thought it was really, really messed up for her to find out that her mom is not only back in town, but she never contacted her. And that's what really hurt, I think. Yeah, that was really uh, shitty of of her mom. Uh, For real. (laughs) And it's also funny that like Debbie and like Fabiola, um, but more so like Debbie, because Debbie's hiding that the pain of her dad dying. But Eleanor was trying to also hide the fact that she missed her mom, obviously, all these years. And by going into theater club and aspiring to be what her mom was, and the fact that her mom was following her dreams um, was kind of, I guess, helping her to cope with the fact that her mom just basically abandoned her, no matter what reason, it's abandonment. Mm -hmm. This kind of made her realize, like, oh, she actually just didn't want to be with me. So that's a lot to take on. Well, and the fact that they really, she's just like her mom, evidently, because she's uh, an actress and she sings, right? Or she's got the, she's got that bug, the, the theater bug. And so she definitely got that trait from her mom. And so then to find out that, you know what, you're not the person that I had in my mind that I had up on this pedestal, like, you're that boss bitch that just left and went and did your thing and is like sending me these postcards and making me feel so important and to come back and find out she's just not she came back and didn't even contact her and is not only doing what she loves but doing something that is so far away from acting and singing it it probably killed her and i think that's why she did so well when she was auditioning for that piece right because she could like dig deep I loved her her southern accent. Right? Oh my god! I was like, <laughs> no, you loved it. I was like, this is terrible because I was like, but okay. At first, I was like, wait a minute, what is she doing? Because my biggest pet peeve is when people that are not from the south, yeah, try <laughs> southern accents and they sound so bad. And she was, yeah, I'm it's like, like a oh. British accent, right? <laughs> oh god, I don't even try because I know it's ter- mine is terrible because I'm not even yeah. going there. 
But yeah, when she started, I was like, oh God, what is this going to sound like? But then she really got into it and she's like crying and she's like really acting. She got some chops and I was like, okay, you go, Eleanor. Yeah. And it just made me happy that they were giving Eleanor this highlight because I was like, oh, I want to see more of Eleanor because yeah, the quirky character is fun. But I was like, you have some some chops that I want to see too mm-hmm. um, that are hiding behind this brightness. <laughs> exactly. And it's not all rainbows and butterflies in Eleanor's world. So that was another layer to the show that I was like, okay, cool. I like that the friends are not just going to be those surface characters and they are going to be, you know, a, a full-fledged character, which I hope we get to see more of in the in the later episodes too. I think we do. I mean, we haven't watched them yet, so we're like we're watching at, and then podcasting right after. So we we don't know what's next in the ne- the last couple episodes. So it will be interesting to find out how we kind of flesh that out with her and her mother and maybe the father. We've never met him or her. Whoever else is in her family, we haven't met yeah. them yet either. So. I don't know how you feel about it, but watching five and six, I think I felt the most in these episodes and up until like four, uh, like, you know, one, two, three, four, those were fun. Mm-hmm. But five and six is where I was like, oh, I really want to continue this show. Yeah. Um, because even what even like pressing play on five and six, I was like kind of, eh, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it's been good, but it's it's not, it's, you know, especially since I'm so not with the lingo and teens and everything. It is a little <laughs> bit of a of a trudge so I'm just like oh my god I don't know if, if I would want to watch it because some of it's also cringy in some ways right right but these episodes really like at the end of six I just felt like man those are really good and I really felt connected to them like the stories and I and I think it's because like we mentioned at the beginning it was more of a character piece for everybody for those five for the five main characters that we're talking about and it, it kind of took the show it, it made the show for me go to the next level of what makes me love shows which is all about the characters and not just what happens to them. Yeah, no, I'm like that too. I mean, there's a lot of people that when they watch shows, they're strictly plot people or they're strictly like, I want to be touched in some way, you know, emotionally pulled. I'm like you. I think I like the development of the characters and I like to see what is behind them, how they write them, how they kind of flourish and, and grow. And these two episodes were not that heavy in the plot i mean they didn't advance the plot a whole lot we really stayed with the un trip on the episode five and then ben's episode on six so it just really there was not a whole lot of advancement in the plot so once we figured out that we were going to get delve into the characters a little bit more and not just davy and her family that was pretty neat for me to see as well so as we move on let's let's talk about our main character because i think the transition of her friends and her i think she's kind of this you know she's our main character so i think the bulk of the episode really is about her and her impulsive and reckless behavior that's how i'm going to describe her how would you describe her i wrote down lying to herself nice (laughs) not being being honest Mm -hmm. dishonest and in the fifth episode which is Never have I ever started a nuclear war. Also ignoring friends um, yes. for her own selfish reasons. And yeah, I put down not being a good friend. So yep. not being honest with herself, not taking responsibility for what she's, you know, reaped. <laughs> Reap what you sow. But she doesn't take responsibility for what she what she's done with, you know, letting the Paxton lie continue. And also still in, in, in the fifth episode, blaming others and blaming Ben. <laughs> like, okay, so here's what I think. And I give you big props because you totally called it. 
You said we're going to see it play out. And it's going, to, and I didn't even think about you were the one who pulled it out because I didn't even think about how the whole lie would get back and it would be like, well, Paxton's going to find this out. And then when she said it, I was like, ah, that's the whole point. So this is what exactly what happens. And she, but this whole you, you know, and trip and everything that she decides to go on is really just her way of like piking out of her chores and her grounding that she brought on herself. So when you say not a good friend, she thinks all her stuff is so important. She's so self-centered. And in that episode, how she says that like, my shit is bigger than all of you. And we're dealing with Fabiola's sexuality and her coming out and Eleanor's mother be, you know, abandoning her and coming back into her life. I would say those two things are huge huge issues and she's so selfish that she doesn't even see it i love that line where she was like i have the bigger shit yeah exactly (laughs) without even knowing what their shit is (laughs) that is definitely going to come back to haunt her um because i don't think fabiola and eleanor are going to forgive that too easily i mean at least i hope they don't because that's shitty and i was trying to think because i'm trying not to read anything until we finish the series Mm -hmm. on any other reviews and things but i have seen a bit about debbie not being a likable character which i don't like that Oh, really? Um, thing that, you know, the likable girl or whatever. I don't like that hmm. trope anyway. No. But I was trying to, watching these episodes, especially in the fifth one, when she says that to them, I was thinking like, man, you are a little bit mm-hmm. unlikable right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And and I was trying to think, why would we want to continue watching, you know, or whatever. And I was thinking, you know what, though? I've been unlikable before. I've been a bad friend before. And I've definitely thought my shit was bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, Debbie's character is obviously um, a little bit hyperbolized, you know, like way more than what I my life has been when I was a teenager. But I think that her character is real, you know? And That's true. I think, and I think that, yeah, maybe it's something you don't like watching because you're like, man, this girl's so rude. She's not a good friend. She's selfish, whatever. But if you put yourself in her shoes and you think that you haven't done any of those things, you would be lying to yourself. Oh, do, do we ever remember the bad stuff about ourselves? No, you always want to remember the good stuff. I was great. I was I was the best friend ever. I was the best yeah. kid ever, right? No, Until it all actually. comes down and right. someone like tells you the truth. So right. I think that's going to happen to Debbie. But in the term of like the great scope of the show and that commentary about people not thinking she's you know, a likable character or whatever. I was like, she's a truthful character. And that's something that we haven't seen, I think, a lot of, at least, on, you know, in a main character before. Like, the main characters always have stuff happen to them that makes us feel sympathy for them or whatever. And the fact that she is, like, starting rumors herself about Paxton and her having sex and she's not being a good friend because, you know, she just doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's interesting because that's what we do sometimes and I kind of like that in that sense for this episode or this portion that we're getting a look into her life she's being pretty cool with Ben all right even though they've got their ups and downs during this episode and they go from like hating each other to like really connecting but during this episode she's she's cool with Ben she she does join forces and become a team with him to find the liquor and all that stuff that they're looking all the antics that they do at the whole UN um, trip but the fact is that she's the shady friend on the other side so uh she's kind of doing both in a way well it's interesting because if you think about it though the reason why she wanted to help ben is because it was the other model un teenager i don't know oh, russia. Uh, russia oh russia yeah russia was basically hyping her up like you're so 
popular. That's true. You're yeah. having sex with Paxton. Right. So even when she joins forces with Ben, it's out of a selfish reason right. because... Keep up appearances. Yeah, so she feels good. And when we get into Ben, his actions, I think, are more genuine in that sense, in that scenario. But Devi is still being very selfish in that episode. Like, it's only to keep up appearances or to be the popular kid because she does ultimately feels like a loser because she's making up this lie about Paxton you know why do you think she just has this constant need to want to be so light is it because of the death of her father I just don't understand why there's just this absolute encompassing need to be like the most popular and well-liked person ever I don't I just don't get that do you get it because maybe I'm just not like thinking the right way it just seems like pointless. It's like something you're never going to achieve. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like maybe she thinks that if she has that, it might fill the void of the hurt that she's mm. um, feeling, possibly. It's possible. I never was like that. <laughs> but I don't like, know. Like, I could like, give a shit what people thought, you know? But hey, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that people... It's wrong. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm not saying it's wrong because I know that there's not everybody has that that way of thinking but I just I did not care about that I had a solid group of friends and I was good with that as long as I had a little group of friends that had my back I was fine I didn't have this overwhelming need to be the most popular person ever but I've always had a very like um you know I'm very extroverted and I'm very I could talk to anybody and so I've never had that issue either so maybe if I look at it from a different perspective and being um, a more quiet and um, shy type person, but she doesn't seem like that to me either. So it's, I don't know, I struggle with it. I'm not saying I have feelings where I didn't want to be, you know, liked or whatever. I think everyone wants to be liked in some ways. It's just what whether you're going to go to the lengths that she's gone to exactly. to, to get that validation. Exactly. That's the word, validation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's very, very keen on getting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she will not stop. I wonder how it's going to play out because she's even lying to her mom about it. So she's lying to everybody. And it seems like, who are you being real with other than your therapist, which we didn't get to see Miss Nisi and Ash this episode. I was a little sad. So hopefully she comes back at the end there. But I felt like, who are you being truthful to? And will she end up really being truthful to herself by, by the end of the series? We'll see. Yeah, I think definitely these two episodes made me want to binge watch. But I know we're going. I know we do. We do. I, I was thinking that. I was like, should I just watch two more? And I was like, let yeah. me wait. Let me wait. Yeah, but I think that's a good sign. That is a good sign. If, if people were kind of hesitant up until four and they're like, I don't know, guys, five and six are definitely my favorite ones so far. Yeah, I was talking to some friends about this and they were definitely I, all of the all of the reviews I've gotten on this show have been pretty good. So I'm. I almost felt like, am I not really looking into this deep enough or what's going on here? But there are people who have binged the entire series. And so we were taking it very nice and slow. And I'm happy we have because we're really kind of dissecting it and getting into it. But by the last little bit, I wanted to finish them out. So our next character is Paxton. And he is turned out to be the guy that we didn't expect. What do you think about old Paxton? I'm really hoping Seven is a deep dive into Paxton, but I don't know if we're going to get a Paxton episode. He's very, still very mysterious to me. I don't know if he's just going to be that token hot guy that we, that is actually sensitive and has feelings, which in this episode we did see that he has the feelings because he was bummed out that like the text that she got, that Debbie got from him was 
what the fuck, Debbie? I thought we were, you know, why are you spreading lies? Like, mm-hmm. he was genuinely distraught. I thought this girl was cool, and she's, like, doing this stuff behind my back. You know, like, in a typical kind of hot guy, nerdy girl, he could have been like, oh, I'm not I'm not having sex with Debbie. And I'm, it didn't Right, he could have disparaged her. He could have said yeah. nasty things about her. Yeah, but she, he was actually just like, I can't believe you did that right. because it's not true. And I thought we were friends. That was really cool of Paxton. And honestly, I'm on his side on the whole thing. And Absolutely. she kind of tried to defend herself in that moment where she was like, oh, well, I just didn't tell them. no, Like, it wasn't happening. He's like, yeah, you wanted them to know. You lied by omission, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. He's getting nice. He's getting better and better, right? Throughout the show. I will say, though, in this episode, I did see what you meant about, like, he's looking old. <laughs> I, thank you. Like, I was like, are the bags in your eyes getting deeper or what? I mean, he has some good lines, but I was like, it just, I don't know, it's like the suntan or whatever, but he just looked like he was 25. He's and 20, I was like, he's I, literally 25. I'm not even yeah. joking. <laughs> Trying to play a 16-year-old. I mean, yeah, and, and, and in that sense, I was like, uh, I don't want Debbie to get with Paxton from like just that standpoint. <laughs> she's very young looking, okay? Uh, brown skin don't crack. So she's very young looking. And if she's like 18, let's say she's 18 or 20. Let's say she's 20. She's actually a teenager. Is she a teenager? So, okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, let me just put a little side note. Did you know that she's like a TikTok star? Like a real TikTok star? I did um, not know this. My kids I told me. I did not know that. No, I'm yeah. trying not to like read anything because I want to okay. be just pure the show as if right. you know because i think people watch the show and not know don't know anything about actors or whatever and want it to be kind of pure in that sense coming to it fresh yeah and usually i would but i after i binge watch it but i'm just like i'm waiting <laughs> right i'm not looking either well the funny thing is is it came up because my daughters like to do these buzzfeed quizzes so my daughter was like this is the most hilarious quiz mom you're not gonna get any of this so it's like Gen Z. You know you're a Gen Z person if you can identify all these YouTube and TikTok stars. They put a name up and then you have to look through a grid of faces and pick who this person is. I knew zero until I got her her name. I was like, I know her. I know. Oh my I God, I would her. not know that I either. <laughs> I knew zero people. And I think I'm pretty like up to date on a lot of stuff. You know, I keep up. Yeah, that that's was funny. funny. I had to tell you. I was like, I have to tell Catherine this. And That's so funny. Do you think that they are going to end up together or actually end up hooking up? Or does it even matter? My hope is that they don't. Or if we get a season two, I hope it happens then. But I feel like, especially with these two episodes, she's a better match with Ben. Mm-hmm. And also maybe, I, I kind of don't know if I see a good match anyway. Like even with Ben, she's they did seem to bond, but I feel like that's also very pure because they were just like, you know, they're both the nerdy kids, one and two, top of the class. I, I think she just needs to find her no i agree i agree with that like i said what i when i meant what i said is doesn't even matter is it even like a big deal that it would actually happen or if it's just she's just looking for love or she's just looking for acceptance from a male and i think that's really what she's looking for and you kind of brought it up and i think it's a good segue to talk about ben because i think that's what we're getting set up for is that these two are gonna find their way to each other did you feel like that i don't know i i did in in some ways like he was looking at her in, in a sense of like oh i didn't know you were this like cool like we always joke around and dog on each other because they're both the nerdy ones and he's their rivals academic rivals it was interesting to see his guard down and so you don't see... think you saw a liking of 
a spec like he's got a little crush on her or anything do you see that i saw i feel like i saw a little bit i i saw like a little bit but i feel like especially you know i guess this is a good segue into the sixth episode which right. was never have i ever been the loneliest boy in the world which is focusing all on ben, oh, ben. um and we, and we get his perspective on what happened at model un when Debbie kind of goes against him because she wasn't taking that responsibility of starting the rumor and she wanted to blame somebody and she blamed Ben. We, in the sixth episode, we see his perspective on that, you know? Yeah. And and you could see it in his face. Like, he played it so well because you could see the anguish. Like, I thought we had just made a pact and we were going to be like a super team and world domination of, you know, academic powerhouse. And then when she goes against him, he's really devastated. She's She is savage. I mean, she'll like annihilate yeah. people when she feels like she's been crossed. Yes, she she definitely like fires first before thinking. About yeah, it. That, that's what I said. Impulsive, you know, and most of the time Ben seemed like that the character that we've been watching this whole time, like he's just like annoying and like, you know, the teacher's pet and I've got all this money and he's just constantly throwing all this stuff out. But it's really his own insecurities that are all talking because basically he lives this absolutely lonely life where his parents are gone. They're always working or out and he's got his housekeeper and he's got all this money and absolutely nobody else to really share it with and his even his girlfriend is super vapid yeah it's it's kind of that saying uh hurt people hurt people oh i know and yep. i mean that's so true i found that to be true in my life i think as you get older you realize when someone lashes out or even yourself like when you lash out it's like oh why am i doing this oh it's because i'm feeling this way mm -hmm. um and you just wanted to take it out on somebody that's what he's been doing he wants to put up this facade of of i have it all together i'm the smartest kid i have all this money mm -hmm. he's always like has always is is uh happy to kind of put out like oh my dad has a lamborghini or whatever mm -hmm. and because he thinks that's what people are going to like about him which i mean that's how he got his girlfriend which he says later on in the episode it's like she's only with me because of the money right this episode in particular was the one that was like man i really love that episode because it really made me feel connected to ben more so than i have to debbie because of his perspective and because i get, think he was just so misunderstood and he's also hiding things about you know not being honest with himself right. and trying to hide behind the money and his, you know, smarts. It's kind of what Debbie's doing, but in a different sense. She's also hiding from herself and not being honest. It's like they're all they're all hiding from something. Everybody. I mean, that's just being a teenager, right? Right, <laughs> right. Like, what else is new? You got Fabiola hiding from her parents. You got Eleanor hiding because she's hurt because of her mother. You've got Debbie hiding because she's just you know dealing with her dad and now we got bed hiding because he is lonely and wants his wants the attention of his family and wants a family structure and craves it so bad yeah poor guy just was in tears i mean it really this this episode had me feeling for him it really did like i was not on team ben and now i'm like i kind of like ben yeah, me too. I think it's so funny because I think this show, what it's doing differently, I guess, and this is maybe how teens are now. They're very confident and uh, I guess more outgoing and just like power to them kind of thing, uh, opposed to like other teen shows where everyone was like, oh, like so hard being a teen. <laughs> it's funny that they, they still go through the same thing. So it doesn't matter if they put up this facade about like, 
Like, he likes that he's dorky and, like, the number one in the class. Absolutely. Cool. But that doesn't make him less lonely. Like, it's so... The, one of my favorite moments in this episode was when he had... Like, they're go- he's having this, like, slow montage with a sad song and he's just feeling so lonely. And then he has, like, a hundred... He gets a hundred on his chemistry oh God, test. Yes. And he's still so sad. And I was just like, this is so funny. It's so funny. He's like, oh, life is so hard. You get a hundred on your chem test. <laughs> yeah. He's a mess. And, and it just goes to show you, like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. if you're the richest kid in the world. The smartest, or, right. Yeah, you still are going to have your issues. This show is definitely showing, like, a variety of that. Yeah, I love that um, Angela from The Office was his mom in that... Yeah. Andy Samberg was narrating the whole thing as him. I was like, oh my God. I am a huge Andy Samberg fan. So that just did it for me. I love, love, love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So just shouting that out. That was fun. It, it was cool in terms of like a, a story standpoint or a writing standpoint because John McEnroe wouldn't have been the right choice. Absolutely to, not. Or yeah. wouldn't have been the right narrator to tell Ben's story in a very sympathetic, sympathetic way. Yeah, but listen to ourselves. John McEnroe would not be the right person. <laughs> However, we think that that's totally fine for David at this point. And, and yeah, it's so funny. By right? episode like, six, we're like, it's cool. <laughs> it's David's voice. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, but it's so true. Like he's grown. I mean, I think he he's like very. I mean, he's like brash and unapologetic, and that's what Debbie is. Yeah, we got yeah. it. We we we're in it now. We were looped into this whole believe. We believe it. So it was so funny that you said that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> who am I now? Right. Who are um, you that Andy Samberg is the perfect person for Ben, but not Davey? <laughs> That's hilarious. But in that did you catch that uh, Ben added above his wall a picture of Andy? Yes, yeah, the pop star. Yes, yeah, the pop yeah. star. I was like, look at that poster. That cracked me up. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, but then the, I think the best part was this Rick and Morty like love that he has. I don't. Oh, do you have any connection to Rick and Morty? Because I don't. I, I don't get that whole. No, oh, no, I haven't started Rick and Morty. I know people who are really into it, and maybe down the road I'll get into it. I don't it's know. It's like a niche I thing. Never, I see. It's... Yeah, I've never watched an episode, but I know the fan the the fan base is very hardcore. So oh, I think okay? I, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that perspective. So I thought that was really funny. Um, and then it got creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this guy's probably just lonely, too. And then he was like, blow on the pizza. I was like, oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah. But I also like, though, that Ben was like, uh, Andy Samberg was like, oh, no, Ben, that's not cool. Get, get out of there. Get out. <laughs> Hurry up. Get out. Get out. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. Really funny. But then and then and then that Ben could like go back and talk to Davey about it and be like, you know what? Your life is not so bad. Let me tell you what happened to me. And that they could exchange these these. uh you know, instances together, and it's really fun. That was really nice. Throughout this whole episode, he has, like, a major zit. It's so funny. Um, that thing was gigantic. It was a little horrifying, yeah. <laughs> Against his pale skin, it was just like, boop. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes, and Debbie's mom is, I guess, dermatologist. Right. And, so, and she was helping him, and he just couldn't, like, he couldn't deal anymore. And Breaks that was down. really sad. Yeah. Because I know there's people out there that probably do feel lonely and, you know, they might have everything on top of the world. And, um, but you still don't have that either family or friends. And it, it does suck. And I think Ben kind of illustrated that by in this episode. And, but then he was able to find friendship or at least a little bit of friendship and hope in his rival, which I love all the time. I love the, that, um, that story plot in shows is like when the rivals become friends because I think right. it's so true. And I think that if you just talk to the other person that you're 
very similar to exactly there's a reason why you're rivals you're pretty much you're probably the same exact person yeah and if you get past the i guess a little bit of the hate or whatever you're probably gonna be best friends i think that's where that set it apart for me in terms of like yeah i, mean, I was thinking he had a crush on her but then it felt more like a just a friendship since he hasn't had okay like, you I know buy that. good friends well, he just, I think he just got vulnerable. You know, it's like he is a strong kid all the time, even the way he responds and texts to his parents. Yeah, you know, instead of saying what he wants to say, he just kind of keeps it all to himself and harbors this resentment. Then it just all comes out with Davy's mom in that office and she invites him over for dinner. And that's like where she's like, what are you doing inviting my enemy over to dinner? And they actually like bond after all that time and really just talk and i really really love that scene i think it was really cool of of the writers to to put that in in terms of ben could have outed debbie to her mom to to her mom but he chose kindness because he was just feeling so shitty and i think that kind of is very welcome in the world that we're living in today Uh, and he says it to debbie it's like yeah i could have made you feel as shitty as i'm feeling which people do do to other people because they're feeling shitty and the fact that he chose not to just is like please people like let's try to do that and if you're feeling shitty don't make other people feel shitties i like that they were putting that out into the world for everyone to see especially teenagers who are going to watch this show and maybe want to retaliate against their enemies or whatever well exactly maybe you can just choose kindness I, i know and you're right especially today there's just so many different ways that people are not being kind with social media and things it's so much easier to be nasty and be behind a keyboard and type whatever the hell you want to type and not see somebody's face. That's what bothers me. And I feel like I'm glad that they depicted it in that way. In that moment, he made a choice. Mm -hmm. By choosing kindness, he ultimately gained a friend. And I think that was the first moment that we've seen Debbie also be very kind because she's ignored her friends. In this moment, she actually allowed herself to kind of let go of wanting to be popular, the Paxton lie, all of that, and just be a person Mm -hmm. without any like selfish reasons attached to it. Like she actually was there for Ben, um, having this genuine moment with him. And that was really nice to see that she's not just like very brash and unapologetic person. She, She has her soft spot. It's just that she's trying to hide her own insecurities. And but that was the first moment where I think we saw a little bit of like the real Debbie hiding deep down with Ben, which was interesting, right? Because we thought, you think you would have saw that with With her friends. With their friends, yeah. I like her as a character. She's not an unlikable character. I I mean, I see where we're getting it from some some of the things that she's been doing, obviously. But really, once you get down to the meat of the show, she is a likable character. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's just a very well rounded character Mm -hmm. because and real, like you said. Yeah, yeah. She's just going through all the different things you go through as a teenager. Yeah, they're a little bit she's a little self centered and stuff, but I think she does come around. She even says to Ben in that same scene, is like, Oh, you could have ratted me out and I would have understood because, you know, I was being shitty to you at Model UN. So Mm -hmm. I think ultimately she does know that her words hurt and her actions are, you know, have consequences. She just thinks that her pain is just worth more and is able you know, like like she said, I have the bigger sit- shit, so mm-hmm. she doesn't put that extra attention in that moment. And I think that's her her like uh, weakness in some ways. Well, she got the wake up call though. I think at that dinner, she realized looking at Ben and his pain and whatever he was going through, maybe I don't have the bigger shit. Hopefully, that was her wake up call. I hope so. But I, there's going to be a fallout that she has to. Yeah, that's what we're going to see. I know. We, well, she's going to have to do some damage control with her friends there 
because she was definitely not being a good friend, ignoring what they had to talk to her about. I guess we're at the halfway point now. So has this series been what you've expected it to be? Or do you think it's surprising you in some ways? And like, what do you think like the the second half is gonna entail? It's gotten better than what I expected. So I will say that I started off the series and it was a little touch and go for me. I was thinking there's just not that much there. It has definitely gotten better. And just like you said, after four, I was getting a little bit more invested. During these two episodes, I did want to finish it. I don't see how she's going to find her way in two more episodes. <laughs> I'm assuming that this is going to go on. Hopefully they'll get picked up for another season. But I just don't. There's going to be so much more to unpack with her losing her dad and, and her grieving, her dealing with her friendships, her dealing with her mother, her dealing with Paxton and her quest to be popular and all of the stuff that goes with that. There's a lot to unpack in a couple more episodes. So, well, let's see. Let's see how it un unfolds. I want to see how Mindy Kaling decided to to go ahead and show us how she's going to get through the rest of all of these issues that she's got on her plate. That's kind of how I'm feeling. I'm I'm still hopeful that this is going to be all that I wanted it to be. Do you feel like it that? did get off? It got off to a rough start, mm -hmm. but if this was like a mid-season finale, um, I would be invested and I would want to come back. So good, I do want to press. Point, yeah. yeah, I do want to press play on seven through ten, and um, I'm excited to see where her character goes because I think. She's turning the curve on on maybe realizing the error of her ways with being a bad friend and being so invested in herself and the lie with Paxton. Now that's that that's revealed she can't hide behind it. So I wonder if we're going to get back to the therapy sessions where she's going to have to really do some soul searching right. and have more revelations about the, the her father's death and the pain of that and I'm excited. Okay, so we I have 10 feeling... episodes. So there's 10. <laughs> so we've got some more time to really flesh it out. So then I really am more hopeful. For her to redeem herself. <laughs> Definitely got more hope that we're going to get some good uh, resolution to all of these issues and see our girl come through with bright colors and just really just like flourish, I think. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And and also see the other characters too have Absolutely. their own aha moments because I think Debbie on her own would be a lot to take as a viewer. Mm -hmm. Not that I wouldn't like that, but I think given the five and six where we saw the other characters really uh, become their own character, I, I want to see more of that too because they're just as interesting as Debbie. I hope we see more of them and, and, and their relationships together. So Yeah, like what more yeah. can we really see about Paxton? I'm really interested. I bet you the sister comes back and that's what I'm thinking. Just one moment with Paxton in the fifth episode where his friend was like, hey bro, you're, you're I didn't know you were Japanese. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Oh my god, Trent. So funny. Trent, good old Trent. Trent, which is just the new Chad. Chad. Yeah, I love that you said that <laughs> last time. I was like, oh my gosh. I chuckled for the longest time listening to that. Chad. Trent. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see if the sister comes back and we got more story on him. We'll, we'll, there's plenty of time, so we'll check it out. And we hope that everybody continues to listen to our podcast. We're excited to bring you all this content and talk about it with you. There's four more left. This is Aisha with Pod Clubhouse. And this is Kat with Shuffle online. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.